Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. Today we're going to be reading from Genesis chapters 8 through 11. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock with him in the boat. He sent a wind to blow across the earth, and the floodwaters began to recede. The underwater, underground water stopped flowing, and the torrential rains from the sky were stopped. So the floodwaters gradually receded from the earth. And after 150 days, exactly five months from the time that the flood began, the boat came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Two and a half months later, as the waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks became visible. After another 40 days, Noah opened the window that he had made in the boat and released a raven. The bird flew back and forth until the floodwaters on the earth had dried up. He also released a dove to see if the water had receded and if it could find dry ground. But the dove could find no place to land because the water still covered the ground, and so it returned to the boat, and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back inside. After waiting another seven days, Noah released the dove again. This time the dove returned to him, in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. Then Noah knew that the floodwaters were almost gone. He waited another seven days and then released the dove again, and this time it did not come back. Noah was now 601 years old. On the first day of the new year, ten and a half months after the flood began, The floodwaters had almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. Two more months went by, and at last the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, Leave the boat, all of you. You and your wife and your sons and their wives release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, the small animals that scurry along the ground so that they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. So Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives left the boat. And all the large and small animals, the birds that came out of the boat, pair by pair, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. There he sacrificed as burnt offerings the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. The Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice, and he said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. Even though everything that they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood, I will never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. And then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. 
all the animals of the earth, all the birds of the sky, all the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the fish in the sea will look on you with fear and terror. I have placed them in your power. I have given them to you for food, just as I have given you grain and vegetables. But you must never eat any meat that still has the lifeblood in it. And I will require that the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If a, wild pers- if a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human being must die. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. Now be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. Then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants. And with all the animals that were on the boat with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, every living creature on the earth, yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will the floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. Then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all the living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is a sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds, and I will remember my covenant with you and with all the living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on the earth. Then God said to Noah, Yes, this rainbow is a sign of the covenant that I am confirming with all the creatures on the earth. The sons of Noah who came out of the boat with their father were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham is the father of Canaan. From these three sons of Noah came all the people who now populate the earth. After the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground and he planted a vineyard. One day he drank some wine that he had made and became drunk and lay inside his tent naked. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers. Then Shem Japheth took a robe, held it over their shoulders, and backed into the tent to cover their father. And as they did this, they looked the other way so that they would not see him naked. When Noah woke up from his stupor, he learned what Ham, his youngest son, had done. And then he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham. May Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest of the servants of his relatives. And then Noah said, May the Lord, the God of Shem, be blessed. May Canaan be his servant. May God expand the territory of Japheth. May Japheth share the prosperity of Shem. And may Canaan be his servant. 
Noah lived another 350 years after the great flood. He lived 950 years. And then he died. Now this is the account of the families of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the three sons of Noah. Many children were born to them after the great flood. The descendants of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madadai, Javan, Tubal, Mishkel, and Tyrus. The descendants of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Ripath, and Togamah. The descendants of Javan were Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Rodaham. Their descendants became the seafaring peoples that spread out to the various lands, each identified by its own language, clan, and national identity. The descendants of Ham were Cush, Mizraham, Put, and Canaan. The descendants of Cush were Sheba, Havilai, Shabtai, Ramai, and Shepkekek. The descendants of Rama were Sheba, Didan. Cush was also the ancestor of Nimrod, who was the first heroic warrior on the earth. Since he was the greatest hunter in the world, his name became proverbial. People would say, this man is like Nimrod, the greatest hunter in the world. He built his kingdom in the land of Babylonia, with the cities of Babylon, Erech, Akkad, Kalnai. From there, he expanded his territory to Assyria, building the cities of Nineveh, Nerabath, Ur, Kala, Rezin, the great city located between Nineveh and Kala. Mizraham was the ancestor of the Ludites, the Anamites, the Halidites, the Nashapitites, the Patharites, the Cashulites, the Capitharites, from whom the Philistines came. Canaan's oldest son was Sidon, the ancestor of the Sidonians. Canaan was also the ancestor of the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Gerashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvatites, the Nimrites, the Hamorites. The Canaanite clans eventually spread out, and the territory of Canaan extended from Sidon to the north to Gerar and Gaza in the south and east as far as Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma, Zerubim, not Laish. These were the descendants of Ham, identified by clan, language, territory, and national identity. Sons were also born to Shem, the older brother of Japheth. Shem was the ancestor of all the descendants of Eber. The descendants of Shem were Elam, Ashur, Arpachas, Lud, Aram. The descendants of Aram were Uz, Hul, Jether, and Mash. Arxabad was the father of Shelai, and Shelai was the father of Eber. 
Eber had two sons. The first was named Pigalo, which means division, for during his lifetime, the people of the world were divided into different language groups. His brother's name was Joktan. Joktan was the ancestor of Amadad, Shilef, Hazlmalef, Jerar, Hadaram, Uzal, Dekal, Abel, Abathal, Shebel, Ophar, Hazrael, and Jobad. All these were the descendants of Jokatan. The territory that occupied extended from Mesha to all the way to Sifar on the eastern mountains. These were the descendants of Shem, identified by clan, language, territory, and national identity. These are all the clans that were descended from Noah's sons, arranged by nation according to their lines of descent. All the nations of the earth descended from these clans after the great flood. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, Let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar instead of mortar. Then they said, Come, let's build a great city for ourselves. With a tower that reaches into the sky, this will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came to look at the city and the tower, the people that, were, that they were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing that they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered each of them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. And that is why the city was called Babel, because... That is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. Now this is the account of Shem's family. Two years after the great flood, when Shem was a hundred years old, he became the father of Akshapad. And after the birth of Akshapad, Shem lived another 500 years, and he had other sons and daughters. When Arpskabad was 35 years old, he became the father of Shilai. After the birth of Shilal, Arpskabad lived for another 403 years, and he had other sons and daughters. When Shilal was 30 years old, he became the father of Eber. And after the birth of Eber, Shilal lived another 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Eber was 34 years old, he became the father of Pilug. After the birth of Pilug, Eber lived another 430 years and had other sons and daughters. When Pilug was 30 years old, he became the father of Ruel. And after the birth of Ruel, Pilug lived another 209 years and he had other sons and daughters. 
when Rule was 32 years old, he became the father of Serug. After the burg of Serug, Rule lived another 207 years and he had other sons and daughters. When Serug was 30 years old, he became the father of Nahor. And, gave, and after the birth of Nahor, Serug lived another 200 years and he had other sons and daughters. When Nahor was 29 years old, he became the father of Terah. And after the birth of Terah, Nahor lived another 119 years, and he had other sons and daughters. And after Terah was 70 years old, he became the father of Abraham, Nahor, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. This is the account of Terah's family. Terah was the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran was the father of Lot, but Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans, the land of his birth. While his father Terah was still living, meanwhile Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. Milcah and his, her sister Aizka were daughters of Nahor's brother Haran. But Sarai was unable to become pregnant, and she had no children. One day, Terah took his son, Abram, his daughter-in-law, Sarai, his son, Abram's wife, and his grandson, Lot, his son, Haran's child, and moved from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed to the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. Terah lived 205 years and died while still in Haran. Today we see many names in this text that we've read. We see many names that are difficult for all of us to pronounce, and and sometimes we just kind of gloss over them, knowing that they have long since died. What does it all mean? Well, the thing that it means is that these were real people, real descendants, real family. It shows us how from the flood to Abram that everything came together. In this text, we also see that that man is trying to come together rather than going to God. And my friends, I hope that that would be a reminder for us that even today that we can try to rely on one another than relying on God. And that's always going to be a mistake. He wants us to come to Him rather than going to one another. I hope that will encourage you and strengthen you today as you ponder these things. Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast. Today's reading was from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible and used with permission. Have a blessed day, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow.